This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're catfighting our way into episode number 89. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast. The tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, this is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com. And today we are going to talk about how the mommy wars have lied to you. Before we jump into that heated topic, I want to let you know that if you're listening to this podcast in the first couple of days after it came out, we are about to do a live class on how to handle labor pain without an epidural. I have really hesitated to do this class because I guess as my philosophy of birth has a has matured or whatever. I don't, you know, I don't want to sound pompous, but you know, as I've had a lot of babies and helped a lot of moms give birth, I have found that thinking about the fear or rather focusing on the, on the pain doesn't really help a lot. And so I hesitate to really even talk about that because there are so many things like I cover in my mama baby birthing classes that I want that I want moms to focus on that are way more empowering. But at the same time, I know that there are a lot of mamas who wouldn't even consider natural birth if they don't have some sort of an idea or a strategy for how they're going to handle the pain because they're just not ready to look past that yet. It's scary. I mean, it's scary. So I'm definitely not knocking anyone saying that it's scary. And that's one of the reasons why I decided to do the class is because uh, I want moms to be interested in natural birth for a million different reasons. And so if doing this class can help can help me meet a mama where she is, then I want to do this class. So if you're listening to this podcast, like within the day or two after it's released, then you will be able to attend the class live if you go to birthbabylife.com slash labor pain, birthbabylife.com slash labor pain. Or if you're coming in after the live class, the class recording will be available for everybody. And you can definitely check that out at that same link. And I'll put it in the show notes too. But I'm really, I'm really excited about doing the class. And I'm really hoping that I can give you some practical ways to handle pain in birth and also some positive ways to think about it. All right. Now, having said that, let's, let's jump into this mommy wars topic. I was thinking about it because I try and bring y'all podcasts that that give you factual information for the most part, and this one would definitely be more of an opinion piece or an editorial, and it's like, I think about the podcasts that I listen to, or like the radio shows, if if any of y'all still listen to radio shows, or if you listen to radio shows back in the days before they were all podcasts, Um, but it's like, you know, occasionally the... Occasionally, the show host would go off on a tangent or just, you know, do an opinion piece. And really, I think that that is what today's podcast is going to be for me because it's definitely more of my opinion on things than it is factual, I guess. I mean, there's like no research to back up what I'm saying because we're talking about the mommy wars and like who researches mommy wars outside of sociology classrooms and colleges. But I do feel like I have something valuable, like a valuable opinion to contribute. So maybe you'll get something out of it. Um, And thank you for for joining me, I guess, on this little uh, 
opinionated rant, I suppose. So I just put up a blog post called The Five Surprising Secrets to a Faster, Easier Natural Birth. And three of those secrets were hormones that I don't think a lot of people understand how they work in birth. So I wanted to share those and how you could use them practically. And then the fourth secret kind of covered a little bit more about environment and has a great video. So if you haven't, if you haven't read that post yet, you don't want to miss it. And then the fifth secret was actually this bit about the mommy wars. And I just, I, I squeezed it into that article because I felt it was so important, but I was like, you know, there's just so much more about this. So I'm just going to go out on a limb and tell you the mommy wars lie to you because the mommy wars are all about being politically correct. All right. They say, or, or I guess I should say that the whole opposition to the mommy wars is about being politically correct. Now, if we look at it from like an ideological perspective, I definitely am against the mommy wars because I don't think that it's good for us to be shaming any other woman for her choices or for what she could and couldn't do. I mean, I'm a childbirth educator. I teach natural childbirth classes and I see students have great natural births, but I also see students who have necessary interventions or who have a necessary cesarean section and and I've seen some who have had an unnecessary cesarean section yes but I see students who have had them who absolutely needed them and I don't want to shame that woman I don't want to marginalize her I don't want to minimize the experience that she had I'm there to support her to help her as she works through that to give her advice and resources I mean that's my job as a childbirth educator on my website, I tend to mostly talk about natural birth. I did I did do one post about planning a family-centered cesarean, and I did actually a podcast where I talked about the more family-centered cesareans because I felt like that was something important for women to know was out there. Um, if they were, for some reason, needing to plan a medically necessary cesarean. But for the most part on my website, I've really shied away from from doing a lot that has to do with cesarean or surgical birth or anything else. I mean, I get the whole a cesarean is still a birth campaign. Um, and and you know, there are some there are some blogs, Instagram accounts, et cetera, et cetera, that I totally respect that that feature a lot from from all kinds of birth, from natural births and from medicated births and from cesarean births. And I respect what those women are doing, but I've chosen on my site not to do that because I do think that women sometimes feel marginalized. And see, it's it's such a woman thing, especially, to feel like you need to be really, really politically correct. And I think, too, I've been told by some of my students that it's also an American thing to feel like you need to, like, really uh, tiptoe around the issue. And here I am starting to tiptoe around it and, like, you know, make all kinds of caveats and stuff. And that's not really what I want to do. Uh, but I mean, you know, I, I I feel like sometimes women feel isolated and minimized, but really there are a lot of resources out there that are celebrating birth, that are celebrating birth no matter what it looks like. So those resources are out there. And there are, there's lots of support for moms who has cesareans. I've been in a due date club with all of my babies, like 
with with Cassidy, she's 14 now. With her, my due date club was like a seasonal due date club. So it was it was the autumn baby's due date club. Um, and now, you know, you can have like a monthly due date club. You can go to a forum somewhere and, and get plugged into a monthly due date club. And often those groups move off into Facebook groups and stuff so that you can stay connected as your babies grow. That's what my due date club with Sadie did. Um, and there's moms who have, you know, they have cesarean births or they have really medicated births. And a lot of women, that's what they wanted or thought they wanted. Um, and and so that, you know, those experiences are out there. And I don't want to minimize that in any way. But again, I really think that the politically correct rhetoric of, oh my gosh, we just need to do away with the mommy wars, including, um, you know, Pampers, ridiculous commercials. I think it was Pampers. No, it wasn't Pampers. Pampers did ridiculous commercials about the poop face. And I want to scream, you know, if you see the poop face, go hold the baby over the pot. It was Similac, I think, that did the end of the Mommy Wars uh, campaign. And it's like, oh, brother. Anyways, um, it, it we don't want to hurt other moms' feelings and we don't want to be superior. Um, but if we never present other options, if we never communicate the truth because we're afraid of stepping on her toes, then that woman never has a chance to grow. She never has a chance to make decisions for her and her baby that she may ultimately want to make. And when we continue this polarizing, it's a choice and you can't you can't insult somebody else's choice rhetoric. Uh, it, I really think it's moms and, and then by extension babies who suffer. Um, because, yeah, it's a choice. It's a choice to, to have a natural birth. It's a choice to have an epidural. It's a choice to have a non-laboring cesarean. Sometimes with an emergency cesarean, it's not a choice. Um, it really is an emergency. Sometimes a non-laboring cesarean is needed. Research shows that often those moms could spend a little bit of time in labor and, and mom and babe both reap a lot of benefits. Um, but you know, you could say that sometimes it's necessary. I think that most of the emergency cesareans today are choice because there was a choice made to, to go down a path of interventions that led to an unnecessary surgery. But a mom might not feel that way or might not realize that. Um, I mean, you could say that those are choices. But are they choices that a mom would make if she hadn't been told, this is your choice, this is your option? If she had been told, there's a reason why you might prefer one choice over another, and that reason goes beyond what makes you comfortable or what's going to leave you in agony, because that's, that's a total cop-out too, you know? That's a total cop-out. It, 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 it's more than a choice. It matters more than it just being your choice or your comfort. It matters more. Uh, I mean, and it's a lie that the way that we give birth doesn't matter. Now, it's also a lie that a woman is less of a woman because of the way that she's given birth. Because certainly, certainly a woman is as much a mother regardless of the way that her baby comes into the world. And I truly feel that that we sometimes, women do feel like maybe they're less or less capable. I've seen that with a lot of my students, especially moms planning a VBAC. You know, I've listened 
to a lot of hours of soul searching and and agony as a mom has to work through these feelings and get over them. And should she have those? No. But also, I think that if we were to if we were to change our culture around birth and the way that we talked about birth, it would it would not only remove this mommy war thing, it would also remove what those moms feel, like the guilt that they feel. They might still feel some disappointment uh, because they weren't able to have a birth the way that they wanted to. But if we knew that the moms who were having cesareans, who were having interventions, needed them absolutely, and other moms weren't having those interventions, you know, the I guess the stigma that sometimes we perceive around those things would not be there. It would not be there because we would know that that mom had absolutely 100% needed that. See, the stigma is there because the choice is there. And so we think, well, she made a choice to take the easy way or whatever you want to say people are saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm thinking generally if she makes that choice, she 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 hasn't been told the truth about birth. Um, and maybe that's presumptuous or pompous of me, but that's what I feel is that most moms would make different choices if they were truly educated uh, that the way that we birth mattered. But because it's a choice thing, because it's been minimized to a choice thing and, and, and choice is the sacred cow in this equation, then when we look at other women who don't make that choice, we think, well, you know, she made that choice and look what happened to her and then her experience is somehow less. And I'm not saying that people who think that are in the right. But I think that us minimizing what should really be um, what should really be about fact, which is that birth does matter, has been reduced to the level of choice. And that leaves people up and open for judgment because your choice was not right. When if if we told women that birth does matter and we knew that moms we knew that moms wanted to have normal natural empowering births and i believe that if moms wanted that that mommy bears changed the world y'all mama bears changed the world and i think that if our births looked like that then we would know that a mom who needed a cesarean section or whatever uh, that she truly needed that and there just you know there wouldn't be that kind of disdain because we would know it wasn't our choice. So I think, and, and I guess I know we're talking about mommy wars and we're getting into choice here too. I mean, it's, they're such heated topics, but I think often, I think often when we hold choice up as that sacred cow, what we really do is, is we minimize, we minimize women and what they go through because we make it all about choice and not about what needed to happen to get that baby out. Um, and I think that also we're playing with women's emotions to make them feel like they were forced into that choice. Or I think the medical industry is making them feel like that. But perhaps that's another talk. Okay, so we've said a few things here that, you know, that the mommy wars strive for, for political correctness. And I think that's a farce. You know, I think that's a farce. I said it already, but if if we never let women hear other options, if we never let them hear that birth matters, then they don't know any better. And they think that all they're doing is exercising their choice when really it's, it's not just a choice thing. Birth matters. <laughs> the way that our babies are born matters. We find out more and more and more every year 
about how much birth matters. I mean, we came we came from the past, in ages past, where birth wasn't as safe for women. And so a big push in the last century, century and a half, has been to make birth safer. And of course, I'm not talking about the third world even, where birth is still not safe sometimes, though I think that with what we know now, we could make birth safer with... Uh, with a lot fewer interventions than we take to the third world right now. And I know that there are a lot of wonderful midwives and organizations that are working for that. Just getting clean supplies and nutritional counseling and things like that makes a big difference for women. But really, I'm talking about women in the in the first world here. Um, so in the first world, we've, we've really striven to create safety in birth. And I, I think that well, I don't know. It wasn't actually all because of safety. Some of it, I think, was was more of a power play um, by doctors wanting to move births into hospitals. And then if, if y'all have studied the history of birthing, you would know that for a time there, it was actually more dangerous because doctors went from visiting sick patients and, um, and doing autopsies and looking at cadavers to women who had just had babies and then m- moms died of infection. At higher rates, it was more dangerous to have a baby in the hospital, and only poor women did that. Um, but... But they they realized their mistake. And then I think the push was not only to have more control of birth, but to make it safer and then to make it more comfortable, whatever that means. And so so we had twilight sleep and all of the disempowerment to women and all of the disconnection between moms and babies that came from that. And that, I guess, was probably like those two points, like when women were dying of childbed fever and the twilight sleep were like kind of our low points. And you could say that we've been progressively trying to move it up from that. So like before that, you know, we we had moms who were really in trouble because we didn't know as much or they weren't well nourished and, and women in the past didn't have access to medical care when it was needed. And then we brought in the medical care and realized they were actually killing moms and babies. And they wised up to that. And then it was like this whole, let's just essentially take the mom out of the equation, drag the baby out, uh, hold it upside down and slap its bottom till it comes to from all the drugs we're pumping into the system. And I would like to think that we've come a little bit past that. But man, if you look at some of the celebrated birth photography pictures, that are circulating around like there's a series where they're holding the baby out and like you see these gloved hands and just this this baby sitting there looking stunned and it's like you know that's not a beautiful picture that's a tragic picture take that picture with the baby on its mom's chest but anyways I told y'all this is going to be an opinion piece um so you know then we've moved up to where women are 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 saying they want to be more conscious and they want to be more aware in birth. And so I think that we've been trying to move uh, towards this safer birth ideal, but I think we did it the wrong way. What we did was we assumed that because in the past childbearing was dangerous for women, that childbearing is dangerous, and therefore our medical technology needs to make it safe. And that is a flawed assumption. And when you begin with a flawed assumption, you get flawed results. And that's what that's what we're looking at here today 
is that um, is that birth has has flawed results when it comes to medical technology. It makes birth more dangerous, not safer. And now where we're at now, we're starting to look into that. There are researchers who are earnestly looking at that and saying, okay, how does birth work? How does an undisturbed birth work? Not really that many researchers have ever seen a truly undisturbed birth because they're not going to women's houses and watching women give birth. They're watching women in the hospital who are hooked up to beeping machines and and glug glug glugging lines of IVs and and nurses with charts and clocks and doctors who are saying open the pitocin drip and that's definitely not an undisturbed birth but um but you know but there are researchers who are trying and they're realizing like I talked about in in that article I mentioned the hormonal orchestra of birth and they're realizing that that birth really was well designed and maybe it was external factors that were causing problems. For instance, malnutrition, lack of sanitation. Um, and so we're looking and we're seeing that that birth birth is safe. And while they look at that, they're realizing things like birth matters. Birth matters. Hormones matter. I mentioned hormones. That's one of the big things. Hormones matter. They create safety for mom and baby. They create an efficient labor. And they also foster mama baby bonding. They really help moms and babies to grow, to bond, uh, to fall in love. They facilitate breastfeeding. They do a lot. And when you interrupt that flow, no, it's not insurmountable, mama. So if you didn't get that perfect start, that's okay. But why... You know, why would we say that, oh, it's just a matter of choice um, and deprive that perfect start for the many just to protect the sensibilities, um, you know, the feelings of the few who may not be able to have that experience? Wouldn't it be much better to understand what's going on, to nourish that as much as possible and as many mothers and babies as possible and then figure out what can we do to help those few moms and babies who because of safety true safety and true circumstances couldn't have that rather than let's just sabotage it for everybody and then call you a mommy war because you know you didn't say that was her choice and you're marginalizing her and you're hurting her feelings no that's it's just ridiculous it doesn't help anybody it doesn't empower anybody all it does is make people afraid to speak their minds and you know when my when my six-year-old says you know you're really fat I might tell them okay don't speak your mind or, you know, you're really old or you're kind of ugly. You know, those kind of things that kids just blurt out. Maybe we don't want to speak our mind quite that way. But when we're talking about things like birth matters, we want to, we want to speak our mind. We want to let women moms know that it matters. And then, again, then for those moms who can't have that experience, we have the energy, energy that's otherwise wasted on saying, shh, you might hurt her feelings. We have the energy to, to say, okay, what can we do to help these moms and babes who really needed that interruption for safety's sake? How can we help them heal? And another thing that we're just figuring out is, 
is microbiota. So like the good germs and the bad germs. And I actually did an entire um, podcast on this that I can link to in the show notes. But we know that, that babies who are born by cesarean are missing out. They're not getting something they're supposed to have. And that might impact that baby. And then what are the generational effects of that? What are the generational effects of that? I mean, I'll share a secret with y'all. My babies, I mean, I've had all natural births, but my babies like in their toddler years seem to have serious issues with constipation. Even if they were born naturally, even though we eat a mostly whole foods diet, even if we're feeding yogurt and kefir and that sort of thing in probiotics. And I think that once they start eating those things um, in, in a plenty, it gets a lot better. But it's like, why are my babies born to me like really consciously natural birth at home? Why are they having so much of a struggle? And I can't help but wonder. It's is it because I'm not colonized right? And is that because I was born by cesarean? Now, obviously, I'm not going to go get mad at my mom or anything, but it's like, am, am I an example of epigenetics right here? Is this problem that my kids have with gut health an epigenetic thing because that line of good gut health got broken with me? And what's happening to the one-third of human beings who are, who are being born? And in some places, 50-80% of human beings who are being born without that. What, what's the impact for them in their childhood and for their children and for their children's children? Why aren't we talking about these things? Why are we silencing women from talking about these things by saying, Oh, don't feel the mommy wars. Why are we silencing women about this? It's just... It's just crazy. It's just crazy. All right. Another point, and I don't, I don't want to get too long on this because, you know, I know this is mostly a rant. But another thing is when we talk about this mommy wars and, oh, it's her choice. So, you know, you shouldn't say anything about that because that's just fanning the flames. So why is it okay for us to say you can have this choice, um, but it's not okay for us to say you're strong? I mean, essentially what we're saying is we know that you can't handle this so you can get the drugs. We're telling women it's okay. We all realize that you can't do it. So just go ahead and get the drugs. We'll support you in that. I mean, that might not be what you're saying when you're saying that you support a woman's choice. But fundamentally, think about it. Think about it. That's what it sounds like. That is... That's what it sounds like. I mean, it's like I think about, oh, people are posting stuff on Facebook all the time about how we need to we need to support our daughters and we need to tell them that they can do anything and we need to tell them they can do everything and we need to teach them not to be apologetic and, and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, so why am I going to tell my girl that she can do whatever she wants, that she can climb whatever mountain, she wants, she can win whatever race, she can shatter whatever glass ceiling, she can make more than her husband. I, I just want to tell y'all that I make more than my husband and he's not offended. So, you know, it's like, uh, why do we tell her she can do whatever she wants in the boardroom? Yet when she says, I want to have my baby naturally, we say, oh, honey, you won't be able to stand up to that pain. Why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? They can do, you can do anything you set your mind to, honey, except birth your baby naturally. 
Or really, and this is the message that I got in school, you can do anything you want to, honey, except don't be a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> it was like, you can do anything you want with a career, honey, but being a mama ain't a career. And I, and I, I, that's, that's another podcast. But really, why are we telling women they can do anything they want to do, but when they say, I want to stand up, I want to have a natural birth, I realize that there's all these benefits and the benefits go way beyond just keeping drugs out of a baby system. I mean, I only touched on two points, microbiota, hormonal interaction, which is totally, I'll, I'll use a fake word, totally bustificated, y'all, by totally bustificated by bringing all these drugs and interventions on board. And you can, you can quote me on that. You can send it to she who shall not be named, who writes a horrible, horrible blog about natural birth and home birth. And and, I mean, I don't care because, you know, the truth of the matter is, is when we take birth into the hospital and introduce all these beeping machines and interventions and drugs and medications and clocks and procedures and charts and insurance company, stuff we are totally screwing up birth and we're totally screwing up the way that it was supposed to happen and yeah we're all intelligent women we all stand strong we all stand firm we can overcome that with our babies but why should we have to and why should we be why should we be manipulated into thinking that staying silent means that we're being fair to other women why Why would we let ourselves be manipulated that way? I mean, you know, who gets to decide that a woman standing up for her right to birth her baby and her power is something that should be silenced because she might help someone else's feeling or hurt someone else's feeling? You know, who who engineered social manipulation to be that crafty, to be that subtle, to undermine a woman that much? And, and then they'll, they'll even take it further. They'll say, oh, you know, well, you're just saying that a woman's worth is only in her biological functioning. And well, you know what? Heck yeah. I mean, the fact that I can make birth, nurse, and raise another human being makes me pretty freaking powerful. And why should I step away from that? Why should I be afraid to own up to that? I can run a business. I can teach a podcast. I can teach classes every week. I mean, I can manage my children's schooling. I can manage an editorial calendar for my site and others. You know, and I can I can drive a car and I can swim and I can go to the library and I can debate and I can voice my opinion and I can be as, you know, obnoxious as any guy. And on top of all of that, I can also make babies. And that's pretty freaking cool, y'all. So, I mean, you know... Why silence women when they want to talk about these things, when they want to tell the truth about these things? And I know that I just went on a little rant there, you know, about me and everything I could do. And that was really meant to, you know, to make a point that was totally tongue in cheek. Because when I talk to a woman about this, that's not what I'm going to say. I'm not going to say I, 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 I. What I can, what I'm going to do is say you, you can do this. Look, this is what the research is starting to show. Um, This is what we think, but we don't even know yet. And this is what I have a feeling we're going to find out in the next decade or two. Uh, and, and this is why this really matters. And you know what, mama, this is why you're strong enough to do this. And, and these are, you know, these are some strategies that I think will help you too. And, you know, 
I'm going to make it about her. But I don't want anybody telling me that I can't talk to her because I might offend her. And usually when you're talking to somebody about this sort of thing, you can tell if they're open to it. And if somebody's totally closed, I'm not going to talk to her. But I also think if we stop saying all this nonsense about, oh, it's just choice, it's just choice, it's just choice, and we say, look, this really matters. You should really strongly consider this, and here's why, that a woman's going to listen. Because if all she hears is, oh, this is a choice, and you don't have to be a martyr, honey, we'll take away the pain, and, you know, those crazy out there in left field natural birth people are going to try and tell you, you know, that you have to suffer in agony just to prevent the epidural being on board. Be- and and you know what? I'll tell you a secret. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter at all to your baby anyways. Who's she going to listen to? She's going to listen to the person who says, I got the pain relief for you, honey. It ain't going to, it ain't going to do anything. And that's a total, that's a total lie. It does matter. She needs to know it matters. Somebody needs to, to be strong enough to stand up and tell her it matters. Some woman needs to be strong enough and tell her it matters. Because I'm sorry, I know there's great obstetricians out there. You know, I could name a bunch of them who have done so much for natural birth. Um, but, 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 but this isn't a man's domain. This is not a men thing. This is not a man thing. This is a woman thing. This is a... This is a we need to tell you this. And then, yeah, if you still make that choice, knowing what you know, it's your choice. But we don't need to be afraid to speak up. We don't need to be politically correct. We don't need to avoid a quote-unquote mommy war. Because the only war here is the war on a woman's confidence to do what she wants to do. To do what she's made to do. The only war here is a war to undermine women. And who profits from that? The insurance company? The hospital? The governmental health system? The NICUs? It isn't the mothers and babies. We need to be bold. We need to stand up. We need to change the talk about birth to being, oh, it's choice, don't start a mommy war, to, look, birth really matters. Here's why. Here's practical strategies. In the end, yeah, you get to make your choice. But let me try and show you why making the choice for a physiologic normal birth is so compelling and so important for you and your baby. And and I'll go ahead and close up this topic in the same way that I closed up the closed up the blog post. And that is you who's listening to me right now. I want you to believe in yourself, Mama, because you are the best kept secret in the birthing world and that you are strong is the secret. Believe in yourself and believe in birth and believe that birth matters. Okay, y'all, I know that was a lot of listening to Kristen kind of go off, so I'll stop. I do want to remind y'all, again, if you're listening to this pretty much, you know, as soon as the podcast is released, um, as I record this, it's tomorrow night. We've got the class on handling labor pain without an epidural. I really think that that class is going to be the first step for so many of y'all to realize that 
that birth isn't just some nebulous agony. And instead, uh, it's a purposeful thing. It's intense. I'm not going to tell you. It's not hard work. Go read the page birthbabylife.com slash labor pain. Birthbabylife.com slash labor pain. Um, I'm real frank on that page when I talk about the class and in telling you what it is and what it isn't. But I think that for so many of y'all that are listening that maybe just have a mild interest in birth or maybe you just stumbled across the podcast because you were looking for something related to pregnancy. Um, But I, I I think it's really gonna be beneficial for you. So check that out. Even if you missed the live class, you know, get the recording, check that out. You'll be able to listen to everybody else's questions and send me an email after the class or after you listen to the class and, and let me know any questions you have or anything that you need from me. And I am just, I'm, you know, I'm happy to share that and I'm happy to help you and I'm happy to be there for you. With that, I uh, will go ahead and close up the podcast. Remember, if you enjoy it, take a minute to, uh, to leave a rating in iTunes. If you can spare a second or two, leave us a comment in iTunes or in Stitcher or in uh, the Google podcast, wherever it is that you found us, leave a comment because that really makes a difference. It helps other families find this information so that all families have the benefit of uh, going through their pregnancies and birthing their babies informed. And that is what's really important. All right, y'all have a blessed week and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.